In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. At the beginning of Luke's Gospel, Mary sings a song of praise as she carries the salvation of the world in her womb. Holy is his name, his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He has showed strength with his arm, he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts, he has put down the mighty from their seat and exalted the humble and meek. If he hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. Mary's Magnificat. That's the song of Mary, the God-bearer. And the salvation that she carries in her womb, the salvation coming to birth in her, pulls the margins, pulls the margins to the center. Last Sunday, we celebrated Jesus's presentation in the temple. And remember the old man, Simeon, guided by the spirit, takes the infant Jesus in his arms, and we heard another song of praise. Luke has characters filled with the spirit with a song on their lips. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people to be a light to lighten the Gentiles and to be the glory of thy people, Israel. And after his song, Simeon says to Jesus' mother that her child is destined for the falling and rising of many, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. What he means is that the margins will be pulled to the center, and some will resist this reversal with all their power. As John succinctly puts it in his gospel, and this is the judgment that the light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For some to stay in the center, for some to stay in the center of rigged power, many will need to remain on the margins for that center of rigged power to hold. It's not power that's necessarily the bad thing. Power corrupts. But power that is Christ-like, to God be the glory. But corrupted power that wants the center to hold means many will need to remain on the margins. You know, it's clear for those on the margins, the poor, the downtrodden, those who weep and hunger, to hear Jesus's words and see Jesus's deeds of power as good news. Now, I've been inspired many times by the faith that people have on the margins of our society, faith in the powerful presence of Jesus Christ in his gospel. They're not confused about that, that Jesus is preaching good news to them. They know clearly that God is on the side of those who weep and mourn, who hunger. And they know it because it's how our scriptures very plainly tell the story of God's saving work in Jesus. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we read the story of Jesus's first visit back to his hometown synagogue. I'm hitting the greatest hits of the first few chapters of Luke's gospel, if you haven't picked that up yet. 
We read the story of Jesus' first visit, and he's been you know, baptized, tempted in the desert, and he announces that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him. And he announces that he's been sent to bring good news to the poor and to let the oppressed go free. And everybody loved the sermon, right? False. Some of the people in his hometown are not pleased with the margins coming to the center. They're afraid that there's not enough to go around to exalt the humble and the meek, so they try to throw him off a cliff because they want to remain in the center. Mary's child is destined for the falling and rising of many and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. Throughout the gospel story, the desire to get rid of Jesus and his good news to the poor and the oppressed, that desire to get rid of him never goes away. The people in the center of our world's greedy power structures, they do get him in the end. They mock his kingdom that preached the margins, Coming to the center, they torture him on a tree so that everyone who thinks that his kingdom might be a reality stand corrected. And it's that greedy power, the lording it over power, mocking the marginalized power. This is what crucifies God's love made flesh in Jesus. Look how weak love is, mocked and hung the center of the strong and mighty holds. It's reserved for few, and the margins of the many look just the same. Blessed are the poor and hungry. Blessed are those who weep and who are mocked and excluded. Doesn't seem like it. Woe to the rich. Woe to those who are full of power and who are laughing at the poor. Doesn't seem like it. Enter St. Paul. If Christ has not been raised, our faith is futile. We should go home. If Christ is not raised, let's go to brunch. Get ready for the Super Bowl. If Christ has not been raised, then that powerful center of greed holds the last word. And those on the margins will stay put forever, world without end. The person with the most toys at the end of the day wins. But if Christ is raised, if his preaching is true, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom. Blessed are you who are hungry, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep, for you will laugh. There's a story I love that took place a number of years ago at the Seattle Special Olympics. And I learned of this story from Brother David Vryhoff at the Society of St. John the Evangelist in the Episcopal Monastery, just near Harvard. He tells the story this way. There are nine contestants, all physically or mentally disabled. And they're assembled at the starting line for the 100-yard dash. And at the gun, they started out, not exactly in a dash, but with a relish to run the race to the finish and win. All that is except one boy who stumbled on the asphalt, tumbled over a couple of times, and began to cry. 
The other eight heard the boy cry. They slowed down and looked back. Then they all turned around and went back, every one of them. And one girl with Down syndrome bent down and kissed him and said, this will make it better. Then all nine linked arms and walked together to the finish line. Now everyone in the stadium stood and the cheering went on for several minutes. And people who were there are still telling the story. Why? Because they sense that what matters in this life is more than winning for ourselves. The gospel of Jesus Christ shows us that what truly matters in this life is helping others win, even if it means slowing down and changing our course. So friends, as we gather around Christ in his sacrament this morning, it is the power of his crucified and risen love that will draw us together, each one of us. Like a magnetic force, he's drawing us to himself, into the center, into his resurrected truth. And he means to draw the whole world to himself. He means to put the margins in the center. Imagine that as we celebrate the Eucharist this morning, that that forceful power of resurrected love is drawing the whole world. The margins are coming in to the center. And he wants to claim all of us. Imagine a world united in that outstretched love for the other. Because in the end, all that will matter is helping others win. And as followers of Jesus, we should be found on the margins, standing arm in arm with the poor, the hungry, the weeping, all of us walking to the center with a song of praise on our lips. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.